Welcome to the Inkwell, brought to you by the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. The Inkwell is a how-to show designed for writers to help them advance in their writing careers. So you've written something. Now what? That's what we're here to tell you. Now, on to the show. everybody and welcome to the Inkwell, a writing workshop brought to you by the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. I am really excited about being able to do this tonight. I've been wanting to put these, this one together uh, for quite a while. And uh, so I'm real excited. We're going to have a couple special guests joining us in a little bit, but I'll get to that in just a moment. I want to make sure that you have everything that you need and ready to participate in the workshop tonight. So you want to make sure that you have, and I don't want you doing on this, this on the computer, please. Have a paper and pencil or a notepad, a, a spiral notebook, sheets of paper, whatever, and a pen in front of you because I want you to write this stuff down. Now, the way this workshop is going to be put together is we are going to be going step-by-step step through the construction of a poem. All right, so by the time the episode is over, you will have a finished poem. So I want to make sure you have a paper and pencil, all right, so that you can write down the instructions. Now, the way that this workshop is going to be set up is you are going to be, I'm going to be walking you through a set of instructions. And then when it comes to the time when you should be writing, we're going to take a minute and 45-second break, giving you time to write down the things that you'll be able to write down. But it's also designed so that you can come back and listen to it in the archives. So if you want to just sit and hang out and listen to the entire episode and not do the writing at this point, that's fine, all right? Because when the show goes into the archives, you can come back and go through step by step. And when we get to the music portion, you can pause the show, write everything that you need to write down, and then start the show up again so you can go at your own pace. That way you're not pressured to get it done in the minute and 45 seconds because in all honesty, it's probably going to take you a little bit longer than that. All right, with that said, it's going to be a really fun night tonight. I am really, like I said, I am really excited about doing this. It's one of my favorites to do. This actually comes from a workshop that I teach called Writer's Block is Just an Urban Legend. It's like the boogeyman. If you don't believe in it, it can't get you. However, there is such a thing as writer quicksand. And these are pits that we create for ourselves. We impose these unrealistic demands on ourselves as writers. When we don't meet them, we let our feet sink deeper and deeper into these traps. You get busy with life and you don't write a new poem for a month and instantly you blame it on writer's block instead of allowing yourself your humanity and realizing that life happens and that's okay. You have to remember you are always a writer even when you're not writing. There is no definition of the word writer that reads you must produce a poem every day. Another pit we create for ourselves is when we sit and stare at a blank piece of paper and get frustrated when this amazing poem does not pop out of our head and spill all over the paper. Creativity does not always work that way. Sometimes it needs a primer. One of the reasons I give out homework, writing assignments, prompts, and exercises on the show is to put you out of your comfort zones and get you writing. Writing anything, it doesn't matter. It's to get you out of the thinking that every time you put your pen to paper, you have to create a masterpiece. And that's simply not the case. 
As a writer, you want to develop good writing habits. And one of them is to write something and write something every day. I said something, not necessarily a poem, just something. It's why I encourage you to carry a journal with you, carry a notebook with you, a notepad. Always have paper and pencil on you. When a thought pops in your head, stop and write it down. And don't think, oh, I'll come back and write it later because you'll forget. You'll never do it and it'll be gone forever. Take the two seconds you need to write it down. What it does is put your hand to paper. And in doing so, it keeps that creative side of your brain active, thinking, working, creating. Think about a little boy who keeps running up to daddy with a baseball in his hand. Daddy, daddy, will you play catch with me? And the daddy's busy and sends the little boy off with a not right now. Every time that little guy runs up to him, it's always the same. Another excuse, and each time he is sent off, a little more crestfallen. Pretty soon, he has learned not to ask anymore. This example comes from a workshop I do called Stop Pissing Off Your Muse. There's nothing worse than your muse giving you the silent treatment. If you don't listen to this creative side of yourself, you become the daddy in this example, and pretty soon that creative side of you becomes less vocal. We blame that on writer's block when it is something we ourselves have laid the trap for and fallen into. But it's easier to blame our muses than ourselves, right? Breaking that cycle is the easiest thing in the world to do. How? Write. Write something. Write something every day. Anything. It doesn't matter. Put your pen on paper. Take a couple of moments to listen to your creative side. Think of that little boy. If Daddy had have said, son, I'm busy right now, and I don't have much time, but I've got five minutes. And for five minutes, he throws the ball with his son and then hugs him and says, Daddy has to get back to work right now. Think how differently that scenario would play out. Think what a different reaction he would have with his son. It's the same thing with ourselves. How we treat ourselves, the things we tell ourselves are important, is no different. You are the father and you are the son. And what message do you send yourself? If a random thought pops into your head, do not wait. Take two seconds and write it down. It's important. There are a lot of things like this that we'll be covering in future workshops. But in today's, we are going to do a poem workshop, where in the end, you will have a finished piece. When you set your pen to paper, do not be the tyrant and expect your muses to perform on command like, like Salome doing the Dance of the Seven Veils. You know, well, we all know how that turned out, and it wasn't pretty. Instead, have things to do while you wait for the have – have different things that you can provoke yourself with while you're waiting for that bolt of lightning to come crashing down from the heavens with that masterpiece that just seems to write itself. I mean, stop putting pressure on yourself, guys. And remember how much fun it is just to play with words, how much fun it is to have fun with them. And that's what we're going to do now. For this workshop, you're going to need a paper and pen, like I said. And please, once again, use a paper and pen. You write differently. Trust me on this. You write differently when you write on paper than you do when you type. You actually think differently. Writing on paper is slower. What you produce will be better. I'm going to walk you through eight steps. And for each step of this exercise, you're going to give at least six descriptive sentences, abstract thoughts, fragments of ideas. You can write more than six if you want, and I encourage you to do so. The more, the better. And the reason for this is when you think of a thought, the things floating on the surface are the easiest things to scoop up, the obvious answers. The more you write, the deeper inside yourself you have to go the more personal and the more emotional things you're going to find. The things that you write are going to be much deeper. So don't go for the easy answers. Push yourself to think harder. Close your eyes when you're answering these and think, visualize, smell, touch, taste, and you'll understand as I go through this. Really look for those deep answers. Don't grab the easy ones. All right, so 
I was told never to start out a poem with the word I because it immediately turns off the reader and it makes it hard to connect with a poem. And I really got to thinking about this. I mean, you know, know the rules and then break them, right? So how do we break the I rule? The only way is to write something so personal that the reader is pulled into the words and they can place themselves inside them. They become the I. You can only do this with very strong and emotional concrete imagery or very raw and emotional contact through the words. So once again, the more examples you write, the more of this strong type of imagery you will find. The more you write, the more deeply emotional responses to the question will surface. All right, so before we get started, we have two special guests who are going to help me with today's workshop. All right, so I am going to bring them on. We have Stan and George with us hey, tonight. Nyla. Would you guys like to introduce yourself to everyone? This is Stan from Alabama. And this is George from Michigan. <laughs> All right, guys. So I'm really, really excited that you agreed to do this assignment with me and to do this workshop. You know, it's been fun getting it coordinated, but I have to tell you guys, you are just troopers because we've done this on pretty short notice. So I appreciate both of you guys being here. So Stan, I want to start with you. And I want you just, you know, for the sake of those who may be listening who have not met you yet, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about yourself as a poet before we get started? I sure will. Well, I am uh, a retired blue-collar worker. <laughs> Moved here to Alabama back in 1990. I was originally from California. Uh, I got into poetry just about maybe four years ago, and it has just pretty much basically become a very major part of my life. I've uh, been, of course, on Nyla's Speakeasy Cafe, Spoken Word, also on World Poetry Open Mic, uh, Poetry in the Raw, uh, when Sinister Spittle was broadcasting, I was there. Um, I'm a part of the Outlaw Poetry Group. Got a group out there called Friends of Word, Wisdom, Wonder, and Wit. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, I'm George. I spent 37 years in a, in a corporate office. Retired from there to relate. Then I, did, uh, I had the education to teach college. I taught history at a community college for 12 years and since then have retired. I didn't pick up poetry until about a little over two years ago when a local, when I saw the ad for a local poetry club in the town I now live in, joined up and uh, it's become like Stan, it's become a big part of my happiness. And I'm still learning to write. I had bits and pieces of writing over the years, but I didn't, uh, I didn't write poetry seriously in any way. And, and I'm still not sure I reached the serious level, but um, I am, am eager about it. I have a, a little uh, part of my Facebook is a poetry site, and I'm also uh, entering a few contests, and I'm a member of allpoetry.com. And I'm eager to be here. I'm glad to be helping out with Alan Stan. Well, I am really glad that you are both here. And, you know, it's really funny because until we really started talking the last couple of days and getting this workshop set up, I had forgotten how long the two of you have been writing. And it really amazes me that you've only been writing for as long as you have because you both are exceptional writers, and that's the reason I asked you to participate in this workshop with me. Both of you use very good, solid, concrete images. And so I, I thought that you 
you would do very well with this. And it was kind of funny. I don't remember which one of it you uh, I was talking to this morning, but I said that it didn't matter how long you've been writing. If you're a poet now, you've always been a poet. It's just taken you that long to put your pen to paper. So it doesn't matter how long you've been writing. You've always been a poet. You've always had the poet soul, and I truly believe that. So you both are here with me tonight on your own merit. I think you're incredible writers, and I'm very proud and excited that you're going to be doing this with me. Well, I am too. (laughs) Yay, group hug. (laughs) Here we go. All right. So you guys ready to get started? Oh, yeah. I am. All right. So first, once again, we are doing a writer's workshop called I Am, and we're breaking the I rule. Don't start a poem with the word I. We're going to be breaking that rule. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you each a question. There's going to be eight of them. And then I'm going to play some music. And while I'm playing the music, I want you guys to write down your answers to the questions. And you have to write at least six descriptive sentences, abstract thoughts, fragments of ideas. And don't worry about the structure is because you can edit at the end of this later if you want to. The idea is just to get as many thoughts on paper as you can relating to the questions that I ask you. Once we're done with the questions, I'll be giving you the formula or the structure that you'll need to create the poem. Sound good? Okay. I'm on board. (laughs) Awesome. All right, so let's get started. So everyone have your paper and pen ready, and I'm going to give you guys the first question, and then as soon as I give you the question, go ahead and start writing. I'm going to play a piece of music that's going to last for one minute and 45 seconds. So you've got a minute and 45 seconds to write down as many ideas and thoughts and abstract ideas and all that good stuff as you can, all right? So to start out this with, I want you to think of we all have a place that we're rooted to. You've had a bad day or you've been in a fight with your girlfriend or you're just feeling a little antsy. It's the full moon. I don't know what. But we all have some place that we go that is very special to us, all right? I want you to think of that place that you run away to. And you'll see an example later when we get to the end of this. I'm going to use the example of the ocean. The ocean is one of the places that I run away to that's my secret alone place. I have a beach that I go to that's a pretty secluded place. It's not a real well-known or tourist attraction type of place. And usually when I go there, I'm I'm pretty much alone, and I can wander and walk and think, and it's my secret special place that I go to reconnect with myself. We all have a place for that. For some of us, it might be our backyard. You know, for some of us, it might be going to the mountains. It might be whatever. But I want you to think of that place that you have that deep emotional connection to. That's your place of solace, your sanctuary, where you go to re-energize yourself, where you run away to when the world's being mean, when you just need to have that time. Think of that place, and I want you to write that down at the top of the paper. I want you to think of that place, and I want you to write down all the things you love about that place, all the things that are important to you, why does it ha- why do you have an emotional connection to that place what is waiting for you there what's waiting to greet you what what is it that's amazing and special about that place that calls to you i want you to write down everything you can think of to describe that place so we are going to play our minute and 45 second music bed and starting now
righty. There we go. Okay. Did you guys get stuff written? Yes. Yes, I get awesome. uh, five or six things written. Great. All right. For number two, the second question is, I want you to write down your favorite season there. All right. Write down all the things you love about your favorite season. And if it's like an indoor place, if it's the library or something, your favorite time of day, your favorite season, your favorite time of day, I want you to write about, you know, how the weather or the time of day affects it. Um, How does it make you feel? How does the things around it react? Anything that has to do with the season or the time in your favorite place. So you'll want to write down about six descriptive or abstract answers about how the season affects your favorite place, what it looks like, how does it feel, how does the weather affect it or the time affect it. All right? You ready to go? Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. Minute yep. 45 seconds. down? Oh, it makes me feel like teacher. <laughs> Don't make me throw the eraser at you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number three, I want you to imagine yourself in this special place. I want you to close your eyes and inside your mind, I want you to look around, imagine yourself there. Look to your right and look to your left. I want you to write down all the things you see. Describe them. Describe what you see. What are your surroundings like? And remember, you know, use abstract sentences, abstract thought. You're not trying to create perfection here. You're just trying to get as many ideas down on paper as you can. So go ahead and start. So, yeah, just just write. Write what you can think of. Let's What's do it. there with you? We're on it. We're on it.
All righty. Are you ready for number four? Yes, ma'am. I am. <laughs> Great. So, again, and when I say close your eyes, there's a reason that I want you to close your eyes. When you're writing, if you sit there and stare at a blank piece of paper, you're staring at a blank canvas. You're, you're staring at something where there is no inspiration. But if you close your eyes when you're trying to imagine what you're writing about, all right, your brain will automatically do what your brain does and start creating images. All right, so when I say close your eyes, it's that there's a reason for that. Psychologically, human nature is our brains only work one way. So if you do this, it'll help you. All right, so I want you to close your eyes, and this is going to sound really crazy. I want you to close your eyes and listen. All right, if you close your eyes and picture yourself there, I want you to listen and describe all the things that you can hear there. What are all the sounds? Think about anything that you can possibly hear. Go ahead and start writing. Think about all the things, a ticking clock, the ocean waves, whatever it is, whatever you can hear, write it down. question number five that is are you there alone are there other living things with you now if you'll recall i already had you close your eyes and look to the left and look to the right and write down everything that was there but that's different if there's a living thing with you so is there are you absolutely alone are there other people around you is there a spider in the web in the bookshelf Um, i want you to write down if there's anything else living there with you, write about what's there, what's unique about them, how does it affect the place, how does it affect you. All right, go ahead and start.
That takes us to number six. And number six is, what do you smell? Close your eyes and put yourself there and write down everything that you smell. What are all the different things that are there that you wrote down earlier? What do they smell like? How does it all contribute to the whole? Like I talked about the ocean earlier. You know, so salt air, airbrushed on skin, the tart aroma of endless sun-bleached blue. You know, whatever you can think of. How do all of these things smell? Go ahead and start. Okay. Ready for number seven? Yes, we are. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> All right, awesome. Number seven is touch. What do you physically feel? How are the things there? How do they affect you physically? Like does the wind touch your skin, for example? Does the uh, the scratchy upholstery on the chair, how do the things there feel? How do they physically make you feel? All right, and uh, it can be if you're looking at something, you can feel it physically without it even touching you, you know, so kind of think about like the sun. It isn't actually touching you, but how does it make you feel? All right, physically, how are, how do you feel physically in this place? What are the physical effects it has on you? All right, go ahead and start.
we are at, finally at number eight, the last one. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. <laughs> are you guys having fun? Where, where, yes, where are you? All right, number eight. I want you to write all the things that being there makes you feel inside, what it means to you, all right? What's empowering about it? What's, in, what's frightening about it? How does it feel to, when you plug in to recharge? How do you feel when you get there? You know, what is the process, you know, the, the exhale or the inhale of the place? What is it that you feel when you know it's time to leave? Write everything emotionally, the impact that place has on you spiritually, uh, psychologically, all of that. Write all the things that it makes you feel inside being there. Go ahead and start. Okay. down with your pencils. So was that fun, guys? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I can't guarantee as to its quality, but it's a quantity <laughs> here. Yeah. You know, once again, this isn't about this isn't about quality. It is about quantity. And uh the more quantity you get, trust me, the more value will be there. The more things you write, the better things you will find. You know, the, Usually we write, you know, we're, I always tell everyone that, you know, in our lifetimes we're going to write a handful of great poems. And we're going to write a bunch of good poems. And we're going to write a whole buttload of crap, all right? <laughs> and that's just the truth True. of it. You know, the things that we write that we find floating on the surface, what usually floats on the surface, right? Where do the gems lie? They lie on the bottom. So kind of think about that when you're writing, folks. <laughs> Don't always okay. take the easy way out when you're writing. No, I'm not. I'm just sitting here still working on that nice little wordplay you had in there with the buttload of crap. That was good. <laughs> well, you saw what I did there, and huh? I thinking, <laughs> and I was thinking that it hasn't taken me a whole lifetime to write some butt, a buttload of crap. 
just a short time. All right. So the reason that I had you write down all of that stuff is because now you have a pretty impressive bank of concrete and emotional reactions to this topic, this place, this this, uh, place that you've chosen. And we'll get into that. We'll talk to you guys a little bit about each of your places and stuff in just a bit. But what I want to do now is I want to give you the formula for constructing a poem out of all those sentences. How many sentences do you think you got you guys wrote? Oh, jeez, I can I'm going to say six. I'm going to write 30, at least 35 maybe. Yeah. At least 35 or 40. Some of them are probably not readable. Okay, so do you do you want the good news? Yeah. You're only going to use four of those lines. That. <laughs> Surprise. You know, what I, you know what I thought she? You know what I thought she said, Stan? I thought she actually said we can only use four lines. <laughs> yeah, you're only going to use four of the lines you've written. Really? Okay. All right. So I want you to write this down on a piece of paper. This is the format you're going to follow when piecing your palm together. Okay. All right. The title of your palm is going to be called I Am. The first line in the palm is going to read I Am and fill in the blank. The second line is going to read, I am, and fill in the blank. The third line is going to read, blank, comma, I am. The fourth line is going to read, I am, and fill in the blank. So each place there's a blank, you are going to choose out of that list of things that you just wrote. You're going to choose a sentence to fill in that blank. All right, and in those, you should have some strong enough imagery to be able to create something really powerful. All right, so once again, the structure is I am blank. I am blank. Blank, I am. And I am blank. Now, I'm going to read you an example of the one that I did just to kind of give you a heads up on how you're going to do this or how how it ends up working out and how it ends up coming together in poem form, kind of a guideline, all right? So I talked earlier about the place that I chose was the ocean. It's some place where I go that I feel so small in that I can get lost but it's so large, it makes me feel a part of everything. It's just my special place. When I put this together, this is the examples I used on mine. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I am. I am the quiet waters just past the breakers. I am the peaceful still where time and worldly concerns do not matter. The season of childhood and innocence I am. I am the horizon 
that promises forever. All right, so that is an example of how that can be put together. So what I am going to do is I am going to play another music bed, and this one is actually going to be just a little bit longer. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I should have had this one ready. We're going to play one by Michael Bredemus, and this piece that I'm playing, you guys, he actually listened to you guys doing the open mic one night and was so inspired by you guys being a pope, by the poems and the the creativity that he heard here. Him being a music writer, he sat down and wrote this piece of music, wrote this song, because he was inspired by you guys. So it's pretty cool. It's three minutes and 44 seconds, so you guys have four minutes to construct your poems. Are you ready? Yes. Uh, All right. <laughs> Here we go. This is Michael Bredemus with My Own Divide and Guys Right.
The shortest three minutes and 44 seconds ever, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> it's more like a minute and a half. Are you guys ready? I guess in that, in that time period, I got carpal tunnel. <laughs> so who wants to go first? Rock, paper, scissors. Rock. Scissors. <laughs> somehow, somehow I think that, I, I don't think that worked like it was supposed to. <laughs> well, it does work that way. So I'm leaving it up to him. <laughs> now you choose. You choose. Oh no! Oh no! You guys get a pick. Uh, okay, I'll start here. Okay. okay. So, at, when you're starting, what I want you to do is I want you to tell us your location. What was your location? My location was um, sitting by a lakeside uh, late uh, at, toward dusk in autumn. Okay. All right. And so, all of the things, steps we went through, all of the imagery, imagery that you wrote is all about sitting there on the lake. At dusk in autumn. Alone, yes, yes. Okay, all right. So, would you like to uh, would you like to read the poem to us that you constructed out of those images? Yes, I would. Well, I, I will, whether I like to or not. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, um, I am. I am alone on a lakeside at dusk as autumn approaches, with the sun leaning towards. It's daily dismissal. I am in my cedar chair of serenity, watching the migration of colors pasted by the clouds onto the mirrored waters as a fallen leaf fallen leaf floats bobbing at the sky. Using all my senses with privy to the cooler air, which strengthens me, and watching a small child peer off a remaining dock into his reflection, I am. I am the tremolo of a distant moon as the air grows cooler, while a noisy bee of geese rattles at the fading season. End of my... Beautiful. So let me ask you this, and I'll be asking you the same thing in a moment. Let me ask you this. The imagery that you used, do you think those are things you would have, if you were to sit down and write a poem about sitting there on the lakeside, do you think that those are images you would have naturally conjured up, or do you think that writing this helped? Oh, I think that writing it helped a lot. Because for one thing, I wrote a whole lot of things down. And I had to quickly, with this last, with the structure um, directions, I had to quickly glean through and quickly with my pen draw lines through or circle things I thought I could use. And then, you know, I had, I luckily I had the time um, to to conjoin to join a few of the of the images into each sentence. So I didn't just have four images; I had, you know, more. But that's something that this exercise allowed me to do. I wasn't searching for images. I already had them written, you know, and I had more than I needed, which I think is a, 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 something I don't always have when I'm writing poetry. Mm-hmm. You have an arsenal to choose from. It's kind of nice. 
That's right. All right. So I have a surprise for you guys. And I'm going to be talking to you about your answers and the things that you wrote a little bit in a little bit more detail in a minute. But I actually have, you're going to be constructing a second poem. Okay. All right. So All right. surprise. <laughs> but let's go ahead and so be prepared. You're going to be starting that in a moment. All right. So let's go ahead, Mr. Scissors. Mr. Scissors. Oh, well. Okay. I am in winter. First time in snow. I am overwhelmed by the mountain vista of serenity and near endless space. The winds bite, the trees dance, joining in me so deeply. The fullness of nature I am. I am the invisible life who exists only in taxing the snow and mind. Read that last line again. I am the invisible light who exists only in tracks in the snow and mine. That was oh. awesome. Wonderful. I really like the way that you made yourself the images. Oh. You know, yeah, the way you where you make yourself the images, where you become those things. And I think that that's really the important part of the structure of this exercise is when I say that we're rooted in some place, there's some place that we are so spiritually connected to. Now, when you wrote about the lake, all right, can you read the first line of the lake poem again? I am alone on a lakeside at dusk as autumn approaches with the sun leaning toward its daily dismissal. Okay. So when you wrote the I, you put yourself in the scene. I am sitting here. So you are physically sitting there. What I want to see you do, and do this on, you know, you can do this later and just kind of play with it and stuff. I want you to take the I am sitting out of there, and I want you to look at your concrete (laughs) images and make yourself those concrete images. So read that first sentence again. I am alone on a lakeside at dusk as autumn approaches with the sun leaning toward its daily dismissal. All right. So instead of I am sitting, I want you to play with the concept of I am the lakeside at dusk. Okay. All right, because when we talk about that, when we're we're talking about these things being ingrained in you, it's part of you spiritually. It's because you're connected to them. And when you're connected to something spiritually like that, you become a part of it and it becomes a part of you. The way you talk about that lake, it is so ingrained in who you are. I mean, you can tell how passionately deep and profound, what a profound impact that part of your life and that experience has had on who you are today. So take the separateness between you and the place and make yourselves one. So I yes. am the lake, you, because you are. When you're standing there, you are part of that picture. You're not separate from it. I am the lakeside at dusk. So kind of play with that. I think that, that it will okay. make it much more personal for you. Okay. I see. How, just, I just, see. just an idea. Yes, uh, I, and I'm already doing it in pencil um, to my other th- three lines. 
<laughs> All right. So I told you guys, my dear Stan and my dear George, that mm-hmm. I'm surprising and you have to write a second poem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're so mean. <laughs> so. Uh, a teacher, can I go to the restroom? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. You Not can, but if you go, you can, but if you go, we're all following you in there. Oh, in, that case, I can, in, that, in that case, I can hold it. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some really fun ways to play with this. I mean, you just went through all that work, writing down all that imagery, and you only used four lines. That's got to kind of piss you off, right? So what do you do with the rest of that? So what I want you to do is I want you to, and you guys listening as well, um, with your answers you've given, you can use those same answers and you can do the next poem. You don't want to reuse your sentences, though. Use a whole new sentence or a whole new description. If you want to take the time and write down a whole new place, Think of a whole new place and write down all, go through each of those steps again. So once again, you can go back to the archives and start the show all over and walk through each of the eight steps and write down everything for a new place and construct a new poem for this you can as well, which I'm going to read you an example real quick once I give you the formula of one that I wrote, and it was actually written about a different place in the ocean that my first one was. But you can use your same description, just don't use the same sentences again. So, Okay. The format for this one is basically what you're doing is you're replacing I am with you are. Okay, replacing I am with you are. Okay. All right. So an example of that, and now that you've done the first structure, all right, you can play with this a little. So the first structure is basically four verses or four lines. Um, however you have it, your line breaks on your paper. Um, on this one, I actually added one more. So I have got, instead of saying you are on the, the four lines, I did the first structure. The first structure has to stay the same. The first four lines have to follow that. But then you can add as many more lines as you want, but you still have to follow this structure. It has to start with you are or it has to end with you are. All right, so if you add two more lines, that's fine, but they still have to start or end with you are. Wow. All right, so this one's instead of being four verses, this one's actually five. So this one I wrote about when I was a little kid. Outside of my bedroom window, there was a huge apple tree. And when I was little, I used to wait until everybody was asleep, and I would climb out into the branches of the apple tree at night, and I would write. Okay? And so I was thinking about doing that as a child, And I actually wrote this one for my boys. I have three boys. And I actually wrote this for my children, you know, watching them as they started growing up and and thinking about them as kids and who I was as a child. So this is uh, the one I wrote. It was about the apple tree in my backyard. You are the branches of my childhood apple tree where I used to sit and write. You are the nightlight of the moon in dark hidden hours that secret in-between place that confuses fireflies and stars you are. You are the cricket singing lullabies to keep the dawn at bay. You are the freedom, love, and inspiration of all things pure. 
right, so that was the poem I wrote using the imagery for what I had written down for my apple tree and the UR on my chicken. Okay. All right, so I am going to play now. Do you have any questions on this part? Uh, I don't. Nope. Okay. So I am yeah, I going to play a... What's what? Yes. Instead of playing a three-minute song, can you play Stravinsky's Night Symphony so I can get no. this done? I'm actually playing a two-minute okay. and three-second song. You already know how to write the structure. Now you just have to grab your lines and throw them in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so here we go. We'll be back in a couple minutes, folks. Go ahead and, and write your poems down. You are blank. You are blank. Blank, you are, and you are blank. Here we go. Okay. Ready? Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. Stan, you get to go first this time. Okay. I decided to go with a different season. I went summer in a different place. In, oh, Long, awesome. Beach, in Long Beach, California, there was a place, it was a boardwalk, but they called it the Pike. And it's about summer. You are the swelter of California summer and the salt of surf spray. You are the sweaty mobs, the scent of hot dogs, cotton candy, fish, and suntan lotion. Chimbunks of people in lines, rides, concession stands, roar of the roller coaster, gulls hovering, awaiting opportunity. You are. You are the swimmers and sunbathers, music, bells, and laughter. The pike. 
That's it. <laughs> I really love I really love the imagery in that one because you're talking I mean, some of the things you're talking about are awesome, but at the same time it's you know, it it's just like a whole modge podge of things bombarding your sense senses all at once. It's very well written. That I'm impressed for that being done so quickly. Thank that you. was really good. Great job, Stan. Oh, thank you, George. Oh, it, it, it's quite an exercise. Okay, George? It is. Okay, I stayed with the same place, the uh, lakeside uh, dusk in autumn, and I just uh, changed the, uh, followed your structure rules, and uh, it's, it's you are. You are the quieting waters as humans flee to traffic and noise leaving the lake vacant for autumn schemes. You are the birds taking over the empty airways, winging to your evening destinations while a painted turtle breaks the surface below. Donning long sleeves and a hat so as to better see the larger fish reach the surface, you are. You are Venus, appearing after sunset, first and foremost in the western summer sky, pulling the canopy of later stars over you and bidding summer adieu. That's the end. That was beautiful. Beautiful, that was, that, beautiful, beautiful closing line. Love that imagery. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't give it credit to me. Give it to the lake. <laughs> so let me ask you guys what what was the experience of doing this like for you? It says, you know, I kind of threw it at you and you it was kind of, you know, you've had to do this very quickly and and you know, helter skeltery, but um, you know, what was this like to do this exercise? What have you learned? What have you felt? Tell me all. <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you. With so much detailed structure it can easily move you out of any sense of brevity. Now, with the formula, you have a sense of some brevity. But if you were just to take those eight steps and do that and then formulate whatever pose from that, it could be an epic. Mm-hmm. Oh, it could. Yes, and I, I concur with what Stan says. I also going to say that I don't have the best penmanship. So reading something I've just scribbled without falling all over it um, was a challenge for me. Um, on the good side uh, is that um, again, I had, because I didn't change the subject, you know, my destination place, I didn't change mm-hmm. it. So I didn't have to think new imagery like Stan did. And um, and when I did, again, I had the benefit of a little arsenal of lines that I sort of stretched through quickly. So um, I think this method actually might apply to poems I write in the future, at least some of them, uh, because I'll simply write down a, a, a truckload of stuff, and I'll have more time than a few minutes you gave us. I'll write a, I'll write a whole box of them, and then I'll sift through them 
And I think probably some boards do that anyway, um, right, you know, picking the better images. And of course, now on one other one one benefit I had is that I didn't, and I'm sure Stan too, is that we didn't have to rhyme this thing, but that was fine. I didn't expect us to, but um, that would have been, added a whole other layer of complexity and face slapping, that forehead mm-hmm. slapping. My, yeah, I don't exercise. know if rhyming would work in this case. I think that if no. we tried to rhyme it, seeing as how one of them ends with you are or I am, I think that yeah. it would have been really right. difficult and actually taken away from the power of the imagery you were trying to create. I mean, the whole right. the whole purpose of this is to help you come up with some really strong and powerful emotional things to, to pack those four lines with, or however many lines you do. And it is right. a really, you were right, it's a really good exercise to keep in the back of your mind when you're writing about something. Because we all will sit there, we find our place ourselves in a place where we're writing, and we get stuck. It's like, you know, oh, what's another word for ocean? I don't want to say ocean seven times in the same poem. What right. can I use to describe it? You know, cut the word ocean out altogether. Mm-hmm. And use one of yeah. your descriptive phrases, like you know, for example, um, where's my piece of paper? Um, let me flip through here real quick and find it. The line where, you know, if you're trying to talk about the ocean, right? Instead of saying mm-hmm. the ocean, you can say, like in the line that I wrote, "The quiet waters just past the breakers." Right. If you say that right. line, you obviously know I'm talking about the ocean. So when I started that poem, I am, I don't have to tell you where I am. I don't have to tell you, you know, what my environment. I am the quiet waters just past the breakers. You automatically know I'm on the beach. You automatically know where I'm talking about. So in doing this exercise, if you're saying, okay, I need a a way to describe the ocean, you can quickly walk yourself through those eight steps and come up with more imagery than you could use and... Like I said, the stuff that floats on the top, you'll get that out of the way and out of your head. And when you start reaching deeper and reaching deeper into the water, it's at the bottom of those memory banks you're going to find those gems. And so it's a way for you to get past the surface crap and get down to the stuff, the good stuff at the bottom to get to that real strong emotion-packed imagery. And that's how you do that. You push yourself down to those depths. You force yourself to go there. Um, and I think that it's a really good thing to keep in the back of your mind, a really good paintbrush to have in the jar, you know, when you're trying to create those scenes, when you're trying to make them real, uh, make them palpable in your writing. I wanted to add to that. Um, I think of great value to me was that in those steps you gave us at the beginning, uh, what is the place and so forth, among them were these ideas of not just saying, all right, describe it, what you see, but also what you smell. Are you alone? Close your eyes. What does it feel like? Uh, what's your emotion? Uh, what's your involvement? Or what, I don't know if that was one of them, but emotional involvement. What Those those tips would would help anybody writing a poem, too, because if you go through once, like, you know, I would suspect that most of my poems and most many people's poems are one or two, one or two times through the images and then hit send, you know. Where, where um, this would allow you to do uh, pre-editing before you ever get sent, you know. 
Mhm. And when I tell you when I you know when I say close your eyes and imagine yourself there. When you close your eyes and you're picturing it you see you see the the scene differently. Like when I said close your eyes and tell me what you smell. All right? Great. So when I do that and I thought about the ocean, I immediately thought about the smell of salt. You know, the smell of yeah. salt on my skin. Um, you know, but my eyes are closed. So, you know, immediately I'm thinking about the ocean wind, you know, blowing sand and blowing salt against me and the sting of the sand and the airbrush and how the, the sand, when it when it uh, blows against you, it feels like needles, you know. Right. Um, on your skin and the sand, and so when I came up with that line, you know, the smell of uh, the scent of sand, airbrushed skin. You know right. that that whole closing my eyes and using all of those sen- senses is what was able to construct a sentence like that, instead of just concentrating on the smell of salt. Where's the smell of salt coming from? What am I smelling it on? How did it get there? You know, those are all natural questions your brain, your brain is going to create when you put yourself in that situation of closing your eyes and imagining it real. Yeah, that's it. It does a lot for the imagery, it does. So what you guys have left over, what do you think you're going to do with it? I think we're going to show next Thursday or we can't <laughs> <laughs> All 82 lines, Nyla I'm going to read every single line I wrote to you Next Thursday <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to make it a list poem And start each sign with the same two or three letter words oh, well. Um, well, I wouldn't Seriously, I, I'm going Go ahead. to Well, I was just going to say uh, I've I gleaned uh, you know, uh, some stuff that I can use and what that I want to use. Uh, uh, I have already written poems about this same spot in my life and, um, in fact, read a few of them on the um, cafe. But, I, I, you know, I, I'm gonna, I, I, wanna, I want to do a little bit more about that part of my life and I'm going to do it better than I've done it and this will really help me. That's cool. That's really cool. I'm I'm glad. You know, and any time that you sit to write, when you sit down to write something, you know, you can use this formula. But not just when you sit down to write something. Think about all the times, you guys, that we sit down and it's like, I should write something. I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write right now. But I, I'm in the mood to write. I just don't know what to write. Oh, my God, I have writer's block. No, you don't. Knock it off. All right. You can use this. All right, you can use this exercise. It's so versatile and so easy. So, you know, we've done the I am, we've done the you are, and it wouldn't be me if I didn't push you even further than that. So you can take this whole concept, you know, and you can go back to the beginning of the show and write down each step, right, number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and write down what I have you write. You can, and have that in the front of a notebook where you can flip through and see it once in a while. But say you're wanting to write a, a political poem about the White House. You know, all right, so, you know, what am I going to say? How am I going to do this? What am I going to, you know, I, I can't write under pressure. I can't just force a poem out of me. You don't have to force a poem out of you, but you can seduce it, all right? So... Mm-hmm. 
you can take any place. Um, you could take, you know, you can you can change the structure of this to anything, and you can write all of those things out, and write your four-line poem, and have that be an outline and a basis and the seed that you're going to create your regular poem from. Because now, when you sit down to create the poem you want to write, you've got all this whole army of ideas and this whole arsenal of imagery in which to construct this poem over here that you want to. You know, so it's mm-hmm. kind of prep work for a great poem. And you write great poems by using surprising imagery, emotional imagery, strong imagery, concrete images, things that are that are you can taste, you know, things that you mm-hmm. can feel. Um, but you can change it. You can change it to instead of I am, it can be we are or they are or humanity is. Okay, yeah. you can change the beginning or you can change the the phrases in each of those sentences to anything that you want. You know, dogs right. are, turtles are, <laughs> aliens yeah. are. You could change you could change the tense so you could say they were or mm-hmm. I will. Exactly. Yeah. Or Nyla is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to hear those poems. <laughs> I've already started writing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, you know, if if you guys, uh, yeah, if you want to play with that, but kind of you think about that, you know, how many times you've sat down to write something and lost interest because you just couldn't get the words right. You know, if you did a little prep work, if you did this exercise before writing a poem where you knew you were going to need that, how cool would that be to have all those little soldiers there waiting to just march on the paper when you need them? You know, do do that mm-hmm. prep work. That's why I say there's no such thing as writer's block. There's always something you can write. You know, there's always something that you can create. There's always something you can do to make your pen move. There is no such thing as writer's block because if you can hold a pen in your hand, you can write something. And that's as simple as that. That's all you have to do is write something, and you will continue to write. You will continue to create. You create that habit, a writer's habit of writing, and that's important. Yes. So anything else you guys want to share or add with this experience here? I just I like, quickly. Go ahead. I like the idea of the exercise mainly because I'm usually pretty much a impulse writer. Something strikes my mind, I go straight to pen and paper, whatever's there goes on the paper, there it is. You know, which is why I think that probably was one of the reasons a lot of my pieces are, are, are kind of brevity. You know, there's not a lot of uh, collective you know, information in it. It's it's pretty much A B C one two three. There it is. Good night. You know. This with so much more input because you've developed more. This could make for much longer writes, which mm-hmm. I think I'm going to probably put on you next Thursday. <laughs> that will be awesome. Oh, threaten me with a good time, will you? Oh, yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, forgot, he, forgot, 
he forgot to tell you this is going to be eight, 18 minutes long, his poem. So, anyway. <laughs> I'm calling in three times in a row, all at the same time. I get 15 minutes, yeah. damn it. So let me ask you this real quick, and this is kind of putting you on the spot, but out of everything that you have written, all the examples, what's the favorite, what is your very favorite line out of, that you wrote out of all of the lines that you wrote tonight? What's the one that you think is the coolest? I, 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 I'll, go, I'll go first. Go ahead. Oh, I'll go first. Um, I think it was my last Say line. your name because I uh, know, but not everybody may recognize your voices. Oh, it's, it's George. George Wiley. Okay. And I think it was um, I think it was my last line of the UR uh, structure. Do you want me to read it or you just want me to say Go ahead that? and read it. Read it again. Okay. I'm not sure it's the best, but appealed to me as I read it. You are Venus, appearing after sunset, first and foremost in the western summer sky, pulling the canopy of later stars over you and bidding summer adieu. Wow. That is a great line. I love that line as well. I think I even Mm -hmm. commented that. You know what a what an amazing closing image image that was. All right, you stand. Well, as strange as it seems, I think the one that got me was in the UR, and it was that kind of like that list because it wasn't the UR this; it was the list and then the UR which was the brush and bumps of people in lines, rides, concession stands, roar of the roller coaster, gulls hovering, awaiting opportunity, you are. Great wow. line. I, I really like the baseballs in there. Wow. I do as well. I mean, it's like I said, that whole piece was incredible. But just all the imagery used it because it was exciting. It was dirty. It was smelly. It was warm. It was welcoming. It was exciting. It was summer. It was bandaged or, knees and perspiration. Or as Nyla would say, it was messy. It messy. was messy, and I'm a big fan of messy. Dirty. Yes. I, uh, I can I can agree with that. So, <laughs> they or I can identify with that, I should have said. <laughs> awesome. So I have something. I'm go- We're at the end of our workshop part, and I'm going to go over some stuff once I release you guys and and uh, all that. But I want to play, before I say goodbye to you guys, I want to play something for you. Okay? Okay. And this is an audio track by my absolutely favorite contemporary poet of our time, his name is Billy Collins, incredible, incredible poet. Now, the funny little story, he came to Salem to do a talk. And when I found out, you'd have thought that Bon Jovi was coming or Billy Idol or, you know, freaking Elvis when my mom was a kid, you know, was coming to town. I lost my freaking mind. Oh, my God, Billy Collins is going to be here, Right. So he was going to be speaking at the college at 5 o'clock. I was camped out at the doorstep of the auditorium at noon. 
And I sat there to make sure that I got front row to see Billy Collins talk and read us do the spoken word stuff. Mm-hmm. So they open the doors at 5, and I walk in, and 5.30, the front row is still completely empty, you know. <laughs> it's like, but it didn't matter to me because I was front row center. But it, and part of me was just so disenchanted. It's like, what's wrong with these idiots? Why aren't they here in line with me? You know, I'm, I'm, I basically have a tent and my camp stove and bunches of bottled water, you know, and my face is painted and I'm holding up a banner. <laughs> okay, really not that bad, but you get the idea. Groupie, group, groupie stuff, yeah. Uh, I just, I absolutely love his poetry. So now that I've sat here and had you guys, had you guys write poems about you are and I am and this strong imagery, I think that closing this for you guys with this poem by Billy Collins is completely appropriate because I think you're going to appreciate it a bunch more now. And it's called Litany. All right, so I'm going to play this for you real quick. Here we go. Wait a minute. I would probably help if I turned it up. There we go. Fora TV. The world is thinking. Here's a poem that um, I like to read, which is kind of another, it just connects with that one because it's uh, also stealing something from another poet. And a lot of this stuff goes on rather covertly that I'm not going to tell you about, but some of it, there are, there are different kinds of uh, thefts, and some of them are daylight, you know, daylight um, crimes, just op- you know, knocking over a jewelry store at noon, but another stuff is like a second story, guys. But this is very open. I, I take the two lines, first two lines of someone else's poem and rewrite it for them, which is, uh, this is, this is done out of courtesy, uh, to when you see a poem that doesn't seem to get, you know, that seems to fail, you can just rewrite it and, and, and improve upon it that way. So, so this is, a, uh, I came across this love poem in a magazine and uh, it's a series of, um, comparisons in which, uh, the poet um, relies on a very uh, ancient um, device in, in, in Western love poetry, uh, at least dating back to the Middle Ages, which is to compare the beloved to various things in the world, and therefore, by flattering her, so your eyes are like stars and whatnot, you, um, you make headway. And um, the... Um, so he, uh, his poem really is a wheel-spinning exercise in these kinds of comparisons, about 40 lines of just the same stuff. You're like, you know, this, you're this and that. So he begins by saying to the uh, beloved, um, he says, you are the bread and the knife, the crystal goblet and the wine. Litany. You are the bread and the knife, the crystal goblet and the wine. You are the dew on the morning grass and the burning wheel of the sun. You are the white apron of the baker and the marsh birds suddenly in flight. However, you are not the wind in the orchard, the plums on the counter, or the house of cards. And you are certainly not the pine-scented air. There is no way you are the pine-scented air. 
it is possible that you are the fish under the bridge, maybe even the pigeon on the general's head, but you are not even close to being the field of cornflowers at dusk. And a quick look in the mirror will show that you are neither the boots in the corner nor the boat asleep in its boathouse. It might interest you to know, speaking of the plentiful imagery of the world, that I am the sound of rain on the roof. I also happen to be the shooting star, the evening paper blowing down an alley, and the basket of chestnuts on the kitchen table. I am also the moon in the trees and the blind woman's teacup. But don't worry, I am not the bread and the knife. You are still the bread and the knife. You will always be the bread and the knife, not to mention the crystal goblet and somehow the wine. why I love him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you Wasn't know, that I, hysterical? I that, uh, it's wonderful. I mean, he uh, he's so funny, and he has a great, great delivery voice. I recently posted, uh, in fact, I didn't do it alone. I actually, another poet posted it, and then I shared it on Facebook. It was a Billy Collins thing done right after uh, 9-11. The attacks on 9/11. What was that mm-hmm. title? Numbers or something. Or and anyway, um, he lists. He doesn't list all the people who died, but he, in this brilliant poem, and I'll send it to you, Nyla. Maybe I'll even read it. He'll cover it in in one of those. But it's I can't do it as well as he did. But his stuff is. He was Paul Laureate. Um, you know, back when a few, a few decades ago, and we actually knew mm-hmm. what, who the Paul what Laureate was in our country. But I'm a fan. Yeah, I absolutely love him. And then that piece, just every time I hear it, it just makes me laugh. I mean, you can see why I sat there. I seriously did sit. There. I didn't have a banner. My face wasn't painted, but I really seriously did sit there at the at the auditorium, <laughs> starting at noon to make sure I got front row center to see him read and and talk. And it was worth every minute of it, even though I had the whole front row to myself. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Some people don't want to sit in the front row. I'm definitely, I want to be up close and personal. I was excited. All right, gentlemen, you did a fantastic job tonight, and I just want to really applaud you for being such troopers. I mean, this has really kind of put you on the spot. You didn't know what to expect, and you guys just absolutely both hit home runs. I appreciate you so much putting this together for everybody with me, and I hope that they have as much fun listening to this workshop as I think that we did putting it on. And um, I'm hoping that it's okay for me to call on you in the future. And, yes. and no, uh, do some cost. more of these. There'll a, but there'll be a cost. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. We don't should I be scared? Wait, this first this person was great. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but you weren't you are not <laughs> the pine scented air. There is no way, Nyla, that you yeah. are the pine scented air. <laughs> but you are somehow the wine. <laughs> yes, you are the wine. That's a wonderful poem. 
Oh, all right, guys. Go ahead and let everybody know how they can find you, get to know you and your work uh, before you're back here next week for our open mic. Yeah, no, okay, it's quiet, so I'll start. Um, George Wiley. Um, I have a um, part of my Facebook is a, uh, is a page called George Wiley Writes. Uh, it's relatively new. I have a few poems on allpoetry.com. And um, I, that's about it. Awesome. All right, Stan? Okay. Stan Phillips. Uh, I'm on Facebook as Stanley Phillips. Uh, I'm with the group Friends of Words, Wisdom, Wonder, and Wit. Uh, the anthology group, the Garden of Poetry and Prose, uh, the Outlaw Poets group, and you can catch me on Spoken Word Venues World Poetry Open Mic, Nyla Lisa's Speakeasy Cafe, uh, Poetry in the Raw. I'm in an anthology, the Outlaw Poets were in Cahoots anthology and the 2017 World Poetry Mike Anthology, both on Amazon, plug, plug, hint, hint. And that's it. (laughs) Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you and adore you both, and great job tonight. Thank you, Nice. You're welcome. Bye-bye, guys. All right. Once again, you have been listening to the I Am Workshop here at the Inkwell, presented by the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. And this will be in the archives if you were not able to get all of the instruction down or have time to finish the uh, the writing segment of this. The show is designed and set up to be able to go back to the archives and listen to this. You just go ahead and listen up to the point where I ask you to write. As soon as the music stops, you can pause the show and get all your writing done and then start the show up again and listen to the next instruction and just be able to work yourself through it that way. And I really hope that you take advantage of this. I really do want to thank George and Stan for doing such a great job tonight here on the fly with me and and going through this workshop. I had a blast doing it. I'm really looking forward to ones coming up in the future. And uh, if you have any ideas for anything that you would like to have put together, uh, just let us know and uh, we'll, we'll work on that and get something done for you. And until that, I guess uh, this is goodbye for the evening, and we will see you next Thursday. I am probably going to play this workshop back-to-back because we didn't go the full three hours. So I'm prob- if you didn't get the beginning of this show, just keep listening, and it's going to loop through again so you can start from the beginning here again. All right? Appreciate it, you guys. I miss you. I will see you next week. And until then, keep writing and have fun. Good night, everybody.